This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Miss Bugsy Drake. David, hi, it's so good to be here with you. How are you? What are you up to? And where are you? Are you in South Africa? I'm actually not. I'm in the Bahamas at the moment. I've just kind of stepped off um, of a very busy charter season um, at the beginning of the year. And I've just been taking the time to focus on my new book, The Art of Tablescaping. We are going to talk all about your new book. Um, So you're just hanging out in the Bahamas, huh? I'm in the Bahamas at the moment. Yeah, I'm still kind of working a little bit with yachts here and there, um, but predominantly taking the time to focus on my book. Do you ever miss home? Do you miss? I've been to South Africa. It's great. It's amazing. I love South Africa. I miss home so much just because of the pandemic. I haven't been able to go home in over a year now. So I'm missing my family so much. But uh, yeah, hopefully soon. I mean, I know this is such a stereotypical question. But again, I've traveled throughout the world and South Africa. Like, I mean, did you just grow up in like, there were like giraffes like coming through your like sticking their heads through your I mean I, I've heard stories like when I was in tra- traveling through Africa so I mean, that I how love, it was I love the like so many people I meet ask me the same question like do you have lions walking down your road I'm like no I wish I absolutely wish I live super close to um game parks though like safari parks um, but I grew up on a on a farmyard, so a little bit less wild. You know, I grew up with like horses and cows and chickens and goats and all of that, but nothing as extreme as a giraffe poking his head through my window. Well, it's like you even get jaded like when you're there, like as a visitor, because you're just like, I don't need to see any more zebras. Like I want a male lion. Like I want a rhino. You're like, where are the And eventually you see them, but you get jaded. You're like, I don't need to see another zebra or giraffe. I'm so glad like somebody from South Africa feels that way too, because every time I go on safari, I'm like, oh my gosh, another antelope, I can't. Right. There's a million. 
it's all about the male lion. It's so hard. I mean, we saw a couple, but like, it's just right. the holy grail. King of the jungle, which is crazy because it's never a jungle. But anyway, <laughs> I love, I just, I love South Africa. Out of all, I've been to every continent. Africa's by far my favorite, by far. How did you get into yachting from South Africa? Is that like a really common theme? Like I spoke to Joao. I don't know if you know Joao. I had him on here a few weeks ago. Like, is that a common theme when you're from that part of the world? So it's funny. I've actually never met Joao in person, but he lives in my town. And like, I think he, he like DM me one day and was like, oh my gosh, why are you in Belito? Which is where we both live. And he just like left the gym that we both apparently go to, but we've never actually uh, crossed paths. Um, but in terms of South Africans, it's become more, there are so many South Africans in the industry nowadays. Um, when I started it, it was a lot less, but it was kind of starting off the trend for South Africans. Um, but the way I got into it was by complete kind of accident. My friend just suggested I try it out for a season. And I was like, I'm never going to like this industry. It's just going to be a fun way to make some money and travel. Um, and I, I could not think of anything worse than making people's beds and cleaning their bathrooms and like catering to them hand and foot. I was like, this, this is not what I want to be in. Um, but I, the first yacht I got onto was an 80 meter super yacht. And I had 21 amazing crew. They like, we're all like my family. And I did one season and I think all my friends back in South Africa were like, she's never going to last in the industry. There is absolutely no way. I don't think I've, I had ever ironed like a shirt before um, or like used a washing machine, but I learned so much in my first season. I was like, I love this. I'm like domesticated now. Perfect, perfect housewife. You just kind of <laughs> taught yourself as you were going along. Yeah. So I had like a great chief stew, but I was basically banned to the laundry and housekeeping for my first year on this yard. I like didn't even see the sunlight. It was awful. I think I cried every day. I was like, this cannot be what this luxury yachting industry is like, but I'm so grateful for it because it humbled me like into progressing, um, you know, becoming a chief stew because I learned like absolutely everything from the bottom up. What's like, cause I mean, I've heard stories from many people who have been on below deck, not been on below. Like what's the worst thing like a charter guest has ever done? Like the worst thing. Um, so I've had some rowdy charter guests. I think, you know, I had to, I had to clean something that shouldn't have been cleaned out of a shower. Um, I like just kept smelling. I, I like, I'm not going to go too graphically into it, but I was like, in the shower and you know we have to clean the shower um doors all the way down to the plug and I was like around the plug and I was cleaning it and whatnot and I kept smelling the smell that should be in the toilet and I was like no this this smells disgusting and I got out and I like checked the the trash can because a lot of people like don't flush their toilet paper down the trash can um and I was like oh no it's not in the trash can it's not in the toilet like I have no idea where the smell's coming from and I remember taking my rag and like um like wiping the plug in the bath because it was like a bath shower and like all the stuff just came out and I was like absolutely no way there is no way I'm cleaning this I don't even know what the person was doing but um in a very in a very similar token with that just because I actually thought of it right now the most extreme thing was that these guests that I had on board were um they had a butler who who kind of looked after and he'd taken his boss's diamonds, like loose diamonds, and put them in a tissue, in a in a tissue piece of tissue, and like scrunch it up and put it next to his bed to keep them for safekeeping. And one of the stews had gone in and thrown it in the trash. 
Um, but she didn't tell me they weren't flushing their toilet paper down, down the toilet. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I opened up the trash can because he thought he'd lost these diamonds. And I was like, we have to find them. And he was stressing out. And I stuck my hand straight in and I was pulling the whole dustbin apart, or the trash can apart, and pulling out all this tissue paper. And it was just filled with the unimaginable. <laughs> I was just like opening them to find these diamonds, but I didn't realize they were all used pieces of toilet paper. And it was disgusting. And I had no gloves on. My gosh. Were you freaking? I mean, I would be freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I lost your diamonds. <laughs> I, I, we were freaking out, but more so the butler. He was like, because it was his fault. And then like that he like left them in a scrunched up piece. You know, I said, you know that you know, we clean up tissues and whatnot around the beds and on the nightstands. Um, so I couldn't really blame my, my stewardess. So he was freaking out more than us. But I mean, we we all kind of like hustled as a team and found these diamonds. <laughs> it was- That's like, I would be, you know, like when I stay in a hotel or something, I'm always like, I always clean up before I put the like, please clean the, I'm always like something is going to be not like missing, but just like misplaced by accident. I'm always like, I'm crazy like that. Like I literally put everything away and I'm like, I don't want anyone to touch anything. Cause like, it's just all over the place. Right. I feel the same way. <laughs> What's like more like drastic, like real life charters or like the below deck charters, like oh as far God. as high maintenance. So I, I've like spoken to a couple of people about this. I feel like a lot of the charter guests, because it's such short periods of time, usually like you have longer periods with people and you kind of get to know them and they get to know you. But because it's so like the periods of these charters on below deck are so short, I feel that it's a like lot more intense. And also people on camera, right? So they want to be like above and beyond and they're trying to catch the crew out, I feel like all the time. And like trying to put in the most outrageous requests. But at the same time, a lot of yachties kind of um, kind of diss the show for saying, oh, that's not how it really is. And I'm like, yes, it is. Like I've had these insane requests. I've like made a dog a birthday cake. Well, had to get the chef to make a dog a birthday cake and throw the most over the top birthday party for a dog on the yacht um, before, which is something you would expect to see on Below Deck, right? I think we had it on Below Deck made season five for, for the dog called Scout. But um, people come up with the most insane requests. And you feel like you're spending so much money, you might as well get what you're paying for right. like, to be on the yacht. <laughs> well, and again, that's what I said. I'm like, these people go all out just wanting to like, you know, just run the boat dry because they're spending all the money. So like, I get it. But yeah, it's, it can be intense. What about like, what's your pet peeve with like, either like your staff, if you're like the chiefs do, or like with guests, like, do you have like a pet peeve? So obviously my pet peeve with stewardesses with staff is laziness. I cannot stand a lazy or slow person. Um, And then I think with, with guests, I think it's just being like super obnoxious. And like a lot of, a lot of guests, my pet peeve is like, if you don't know something like about some like dish or food or drink like don't act like you do because a lot of these guests come on and they're like oh my gosh I need caviar and then they start eating the caviar with like a metal spoon just like picked up off the table and I'm like well you usually eat caviar with like a pearl pearl spoon mother of pearl whatever and they act so like over the top and like snotty and obnoxious and I'm like you don't even know what you're talking about or like with a with a specific wine I'm like why act like that just you know, say you don't know, and we can advise from our end because that's our expertise. 
Totally. First of all, caviar, one of the best foods ever. For me, it's like chicken parm pizza or pepperoni pizza or caviar. Those those are my favorite foods. Oh my gosh, extremes. (laughs) I I love some caviar. What about like the biggest tip? Like, have you ever received just like a tip that was like so insane? Well, I think like, yeah, I've received over $5,000, like for like a very short charter, which is pretty good, I would say, because the the charter guests were hardly on the boat. They kind of just used it as a base to come on and off and have meetings. Um, I think we were in Europe at the time. Um, But on that exact same charter, I had them buy me like a really nice pair of shoes, like bought me this gorgeous like journal. They like went over the top with gifts. And then like on top of that, tipped the crew really well. How did you get involved with Below Deck? Like, how did that come about? So weird question again. I was actually, stud- I took a break from yachting. So after like, I had a very intense season um, with a very intense boss. <laughs> and it was just like, go, go, go. I don't think I slept much in that whole year. And I, because um, I could only stay on boats for like over a year. I don't jump like from boat to boat. But um I'd had like a massive, massive year. And I was like, I'm just going to take a break and like go and do something I really want to do. And I, I moved to LA for three months to study film. And I did like a short acting course at the New York Film Academy in LA. And at that time, I got reached out to by some casting directors. And they were like, oh, you know, your name had been put forward. And then I had a chat with them. And yeah, it just kind of went from there. It was like, in a blink of an eye, like this show started for me. Do you know who put your name forward? Like, was it someone from Below Deck or just some, what do we don't know? So so it was a couple of people kind of suggested to me like, okay, you have to do the show. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because a lot of people like, it kills your career in yachting. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to go back to yachting. Um, I might as well just do it because it's an experience. And if, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience to get to do a job while being filmed. Um, and then the people that put my name forward were actual yachties who'd been like, who'd been approached themselves. And then they kind of said, oh no, not for me, but I can think of the perfect person. And is that true? Cause I've heard that about like, you know, it kills your career. Like a lot of people have said that. Is that kind of the perception in the industry? And is that true? So it's a huge perception in the industry, but the more and more like I kind of um, look at it. So I think it's, it's how you obviously come across on the show, right? Yeah. That's a thing for like employers or captains to see and whatnot. I think a lot of captains in the industry are very against it because they feel that crew who do the show are just like full of drama and are just wanting to be famous. But, you know, there are a couple, like, I mean, I did it for the experience and I really enjoyed it, you know, getting to do it. Um, but I've been very lucky. I think it's also all about like how I'd already established like a proper yachting career before I did the show. Whereas a lot of people who join the show are just like, have never really done yachting before. They kind of just, it's their first step into it. So I think if it's your first step into it, I think it can be a career killer. Um, but if you've got the connections already, yeah. Did you watch the show before you were on it? Like, did you, you knew what it was, right? really funny I was always like oh my gosh I'm not watching that show because every yachty is like that that is just such a bad representation of yachting and I was like very much on that bandwagon I was like there is no way like it's so embarrassing for us as yachties and I was one of them and I was on an Atlantic crossing from Europe to South Florida and my captain was like oh my gosh you have to watch the show like I've just started watching it and it's hilarious like it's very um relatable so I was like okay I'll I'll watch it and you've got like you know 16 days at sea 
So him and I were like on night watch together. So we would both binge watch it and then like discuss the episodes in the evening while we were on bridge watch, which was hilarious. Um, but I hadn't actually seen season one of Below Deck Med. I'd only watched um, Below Deck and I absolutely like loved Kate and loved Ben instantly. Did you, did you know like what you were, when you applied, like, did you know what, like, did you know if it was Captain Sandy or Captain Lee? Like, did you have a preference or you didn't know when you were in the application process? No, I had no idea. Actually, I'd actually applied for the chief stew role, like not knowing that Hannah was coming back um, because it was season two and, you know, they kind of were casting for all roles. Um, so I, I'd applied for the chief stew role being, being a chief stew. Um, so I didn't really know until like, as you know, we were kind of finishing off the application um, process, they were like, oh, would you come in a second? And I was like, oh, you know, why not? And then when I came on board, like the last thing I expected was um, for there to be a female captain, but I was so excited about it. I was very intimidated by Captain Sandy in the beginning. You are. Yeah. Was it like right away what you thought just as far as like filming and, you know, I know there's like a whole separate crew and there's like a different boat behind you. But like, was it, or was it just like, this is so shocking. Like I have to work and have all these people on my face. It was definitely nerve wracking. Um, you know, I think it was so funny when I, when I did season two, I walked up to the boat and they kind of like tell you, okay, go on the boat. And they give you all these instructions and then you're just on your own. So it's not like there's like somebody standing by to say, okay, like move to your cabin now. It's kind of like get on the boat. And then, you know, it's like the fourth wall, the cameras don't exist. And I remember walking up to the door and I didn't know how to open it. And this camera was just on me. And I was like trying to open this door because it was like an automatic sliding door. And I was looking for the button and I didn't know how to open it. And he, I was looking at the cameraman, like, tell me how to open this. And he would not like help me at all. And I felt so stupid. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my first like minute on TV. And this is how it's going. And then you're like, oh wait, there really is a fourth wall. Like these people will not speak to me no matter what. Oh yeah. 100%. And like, you, you know, like in the beginning, I think everyone kind of, I saw it a lot on season five when I went back and I knew kind of how to, be professional with the camera crew um, and you kind of see the newbies all doing the same thing you do when you first start out and you're like trying to smile at the camera crew or trying to get a reaction from them and they're just like you know deadpan on their faces they're like do not want to react how did you get involved with going back like you were because I mean they already started filming like you just got a call they reached out to you and said hey I got a call and was in Spain on the boat within 24 hours it was insane I was at home in South Africa I just kind of gotten off the boat and I I remember my mom had gone out to play golf and I was just sitting on the couch watching tv and I got this call and they were like can you fly to Spain like tonight and I'm like no why and they were like we need you to come like back and help out because we've lost a stewardess and initially I thought oh my gosh it's definitely it must be Hannah right I was like, I'm going to fill in for the chief stew 100% because I'd always said I would never go back on board unless I went back as chief stew. Um, So they were like, oh no, you're going to be coming back as second stew. But they never told me who was the chief, but I obviously assumed it was Hannah. And I was like, well, you know, this could be a good way to like make amends. Um, So, and I'm just going to help out. It's not like I'm coming in from the beginning. It's like, I'm going in to help out. So if her and I can get on better, 
that would be a plus but I was deaf I was so nervous like to see her I thought like she might hit me or something <laughs> you have to love Bravo like you know because I imagine at that point like season two to five like you hadn't really kept in touch with Bravo and the producers like not not kept in touch but like you weren't talking to them every day like do they say hi Bugsy like do you remember us or is it just like hey let's just skip all of that can you please just like walk out of your house and go to the airport right now yeah, for sure. It was like, you know, I think um, a lot of time had passed since I'd done season two. So it was like, it was very out of the blue. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone at Bravo is so wonderful. So I felt very comfortable with him from, you know, just going back. And you were nervous to see Hannah, even though you thought maybe like that was a big reason why you went back. Like maybe this is like redemption and we could work some things out. And Right. I think I- I think I matured a lot in season two. You know, there'd been quite a few years between the two seasons. And I was like, we, Hannah and I did not talk at all. And obviously we had all this drama and, and whatnot. But I thought, you know, I'm going predominantly to help Captain Sandy because her and I had kept in touch. And she was like, look, Bugs, can you come and help? Like, I need, I'm a stew down. We're going into a charter. Like, please, can you come and help? And I was like, you know what, why not? And then I kind of just thought, you know, Hannah and I side, um, you know, hopefully we can make amends, but if not, it just, it is what it is. And I'm going in to help, but I was very anxious, like, and, you know, I was in- anticipating the worst. <laughs> what about, so what did you think of season five overall? I loved would- it. I absolutely loved season five. I just felt like I was able to be myself so much more. Um, again, I think it, it's down to maturing over the years and obviously having done a season, but um, I just kind of went in there, was myself, was like, I'm just going to be who I am and not like hold back. Um, and yeah, I just loved it from just every little bit of drama, every crew member working with Captain Sandy again. What about how, you know, the whole, what about Malia and how did all that, what do you think of all that? how to do you know like the whole I mean was that handled correctly according to you I mean it was super hard for me because like I could understand one like you know it is the law in maritime law and every like all the fans that watch it that are like team Hannah or like oh maritime law but I mean that's it is what it is um you know I think it was unfortunate the way it kind of came across and was handled but um like I've said before I think that all kind of boils down to uh, Captain Sandy and Hannah's relationship over the five seasons. It just never seemed to have got better. Um, so I think it was obviously Sandy following maritime law, but on top of that, just being like really fed up with trying with Hannah. She was just like, you know, I think she gave Hannah a lot of chances and she wanted to see the best in her. Um, but when that came, I think Sandy was just like over it. So I think, it, you know, it was hard for me because obviously I came back not wanting to be involved in any drama with Hannah, but then like being guilty by association of being um, close with Sandy and being friends with Malia, I kind of like got pulled into this thing and then I had to, and then I like stepped up to take over Hannah's role. So it was like a huge, like, uh, it was just a mess. <laughs> Well, yes, there was a lot going on and the fans had a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. What about, you know, so Hannah's gone now. I mean, that's pretty safe to assume that she's not going to come back. And I mean, Kate's not there. Like, I'm sure you've heard this before. Like, what about, you know, there's a lot of chatter online. People want you either to step into Kate's role or more likely step into Hannah's role. Right. I mean, like, I think 
you know, I've loved working with Captain Sandy and I, I would love to be her chief stew like going forward. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind also trying my hand at being Captain Lee's chief stew. Um, I think that could kind of be a very fun dynamic. Um, just because I know Sandy so well now, you know, and, and Lee's like a little, like a little bit more, um, I would say strict. Um, and I kind of like that, you know, he's kind of like uh, the stud of the sea. And, you know, I don't know how our, our personalities would work out together. So that's why I'm intrigued. I would be afraid of either of them. They both have their, I mean, they're just, I've interviewed Sandy on here before and, you know, it, we had a start time and a stop time. And like, you know, Sandy is very regimented when the stop time is the stop time. It's like, sweetie, you're over by 10 seconds. Like this is, I'm like, I'm like, how do you know that? But she's like that. Right, right, right. You would definitely go back though, to be one of their chiefs twos if Bravo came a calling. Oh, I'd absolutely love to. I think, um, yeah, as I said, like, I think I just know Sandy so well, like now it would be interesting to work for, for Captain Lee. Um, just because it'd be a bit more of a challenge for me. Um, Cause I already know all Sandy's quirks and like how she likes to run and how she likes to work. So I think Lee would be yeah, a much bigger challenge. And I always love a challenge. Do you watch below deck like either of them or all of them now that you're not on it? I mean, I, I would like, I would like to more than I do. I've just literally been, I really, I've been saying to everyone, I need to catch up with the sailing because all I've seen is tiny little excerpts here and there on social. And I've heard like, um, you know, I think it's Danny who's pregnant now. And there's like all these little things. I heard Daisy's like a really good chief student, really fun, but I really want to catch up with it. I've just been so focused on my book. I, I haven't really had the time. Well, right. You've been busy writing a book, which we're going to get into in a few minutes. What about like, who would you, if you were the chief stew for either Lee or Sandy, who would you hire from the past? Like whether you worked with them or not, like just from watching the show or, you know, from them, like who from below deck would you hire if if you could, if it was up to you? Right. So I think like if it was my interior team, I would love to work with Aisha again. I had a lot of fun with her. Um, I think she's good humor. She knows her job well, and she's really good. But then again, another second stew I'd love to work with is Josiah. Um, I think he's awesome, and I also think he's hilarious. Um, and it would be it would be nice to to work with a male stew. You know, I've always wanted to, and I've never got the chance. Um, but having said that, as well, I would I would have loved to have worked with Kate, but. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to step down from the chief stew role just to do that. But I think her and I would probably, you know, make kind of a fun team. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much 
because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. I think so. Would you go back if Bravo called and said, it is Kate and your seconds too? I mean, that's a tough one because again, I think like I've always said, I wouldn't go back if I wasn't chief because I'd never want to come across again. Like when I was chief stew, when I was chief stew. Um, but I think I, I would do it just for the experience of getting to work with Kate because I think she's, she's so cool. I think you guys would be a great team. What about if you, who, who wouldn't you hire from the past that you've worked with or watched on TV or know of like people that we know? I, definitely, I don't think I would definitely not hire Lauren from season two. Um, yeah, definitely not. And then um, who else? I think, oh, it's a tough one because I've loved everyone else. I think Not that I don't love Lauren. I'm just saying, um, you know, just because I've worked with her and know like what she's about and what we went through in season two. Um, but who else I wouldn't hire? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> you just like everyone. What about for Lee Deccan? Who would you kind of want to be your counterpart if you could choose? Well, obviously I've already worked with um, Malia and that was awesome. I've worked with Wes too, which is great. But I think if I had to, you know, have someone new, I would want to probably work with Eddie. Eddie seems to know what he's doing. Yeah, and he seems, he seems like so much fun. He's come a long way, I think. Yeah. And what about for your chef? Do you have a preference of chefs? I'd love to work with Ben, hands down. Yeah. Ben looks like a good chef. <laughs> Well, you know what? Maybe you will be back. I mean, I mean, who knows, right? Like this is the world of Bravo. It's always chopping and changing. Anything is possible. And I know they're talking about all sorts of different shows. Yeah. What about how is your, I know you're just friends, but how is our friend Alex Radcliffe, who was also on our show, who we love dearly? Oh, Alex is awesome. Love Alex. Like we still obviously really good friends. Um, you know, he is a lot younger than me. So um that's it plays a part a little bit I always joke about being like a self-proclaimed cougar um with Alex <laughs> so um but yeah no he's great we've stayed in contact we're still great friends I know that he's just got all the babes out there lining up after him um and yeah well and you have a boyfriend now yourself oh well I'm seeing someone yeah so seeing we'll someone. have to see how that goes <laughs> is this person someone that we know no, it's not. No. And I think, I think that he's, he's really trying to adjust to this whole, like my whole Bravo lifestyle because he's always like, Oh, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, 
okay, just relax. Like it's, it's a different world. <laughs> did he know, like, does he know before, like what below deck was, what Bravo, what housewives are, did he know? And he's a straight man. So I'm not so sure he knows all of that. Well, I've tried to convince him to watch the real housewives Beverly Hills with me with the upcoming season. And he is like, there is no way. And I was like, one episode, I promise you'll be hooked. Anyway, he's like, no way. But I, I kind of had all the crew watching, um, Below Deck made season five as it was airing because he is part of the crew. Um, but he found it really hard to watch after mine and Alex's first kiss. He was like, I just can't watch this anymore. I'm like, you're being ridiculous. Like this has already happened. But yeah, he wouldn't watch it after that. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority. And I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shape. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does Alex approve of this man? Uh, yes and no, I think. He's got mixed feelings, but I think um, they haven't met, so. But he's a fellow Yachty. He's a fellow Yachty. <laughs> That's, that, that, I could see that working, perhaps. I mean, it's, it's fun, and I think it's, uh, it's just kind of what happens in this industry, right? It's uh, who you with. <laughs> When you go out, like, I mean, you know, like, are you recognized? Like, I mean, because I didn't know, you know, I mean, I know, like, how it is. I don't know how it is, like, in the Bahamas, or I know, like, in South Africa, it's a whole different thing, Joao said. But, like, where you are now. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I don't know what if Joao is saying that, like, he do, does he not get recognized in South Africa? He said he doesn't really get recognized. Like, when he came to New York for, like, BravoCon and just, like, do you watch what happens? He couldn't believe that, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, a rock star. And he said, like, right. in South Africa... It's not really like that. Like it's a little bit when there's tourists or something, but he said it's just, it's different over there. I mean, I think also like now they've just aired season five in South Africa. So like I've, you know, heard from so many South Africans. So I'm interested to see what that will be like when I go back um, because they, they see, you know, it's just South Africa is very far behind. They, below, they just basically got introduced to Below Deck from season one to season five. Wow. So they are very behind and I think kind of, yeah, it could change a bit, but in the Bahamas, there's a lot of American tourists that are at the Atlantis. So um, they come and holiday here and stuff. So I've, I've had a lot of people recognize me. It's, uh, it's been quite crazy. 
does your boyfriend say, oh my God, you have to stop and take another picture? Like what's going on? I thought he would, but he's actually been a good sport about it. And then like, he kind of, um, he outed me the other day when we're in Florida, he was like, oh, this is Bugsy from Below Deck. And I was like, I had glasses and a mask on and whatever. And then this person would not leave me alone. And he was like, I'm really sorry I did that. I just did it as a joke. And it ended up being so crazy. Is he like, okay, we're not, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. What about, cause you mentioned Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Do you love watching Housewives and Bravo shows? I really need to get into Housewives. My sister's way more into it because she's like had a little bit more time than me, but I really need to get into all the Housewives shows because I love Beverly Hills. It's the one I started one with from day one. Like it's the OG for me. Um, but I really want to get into New York and Salt Lake City and all of these things because I always see it coming up on all the Bravo pages. Beverly Hills is such a good one, though. You've picked a good one. <laughs> I love it. There's just so much drama, and these women are so like unapologetically themselves. Are you so excited for the new season? Like now that it's here, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have like Kathy Hilton on. I think that's really interesting, and you know, um, the the trailer is so good. If we really, as the season goes on, if we really see all of Erica's stuff, it's going to be insane. It is going to be insane. But Kathy Hilton being part of it, yes and please. Like, it's the best thing that's happened (laughs) ever. What about, like, have you met, like, what Bravo celebrities, like, are you, would we be shocked to find that you're friends with or close with or... Like, are you outside below deck? I mean, I've stayed free. Well, like a lot of the below deck crew, obviously, like I've met over social. I've like, I've met, so Ben is obviously, so I love Ben, Chef Ben. I think he's so funny and I've met him like in person and he's great. I've like chatted with Kate and, and whatnot. But in terms of other shows, um, we had Carrie Britt from Real Housewives of Dallas on season two and I've stayed in contact with her and I think she's so great. I have to like catch up with all her seasons, but I think she's great and I'm friends with her. Um, and yeah, I haven't really met anyone else, but I would love to meet the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'd be starstruck and I don't get starstruck. <laughs> Who would you, you don't like ever get starstruck? Like not ever? I mean, I've met Justin Bieber, who I love, but I wasn't really starstruck. Um, you know, I think it's also just the yachting world. It kind of desensitizes us to like the whole and makes us so much more like just chilled about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The housewives, different story. <laughs> where where did you meet the Biebs? Because that's a good one for a, for a lot of reasons. I Let's not even get into it, but that's a really good one. Oh my gosh, the Biebs. I met him in the same bath. It was so funny because I was my boss. I went to fetch my boss's assistant from the, the airport in the same bath. And like, I don't know if you've been there, but it's tiny. Yeah. And like My boss's assistant got off the flight and he was like, I think he was a big Bieber fan because he was like, oh my gosh, did you just see who like came off my flight? And I was like, who? And he was like, Justin Bieber. And I was like, no way. And he said, no, yes way, like 100%. And anyway, he was like, I don't know where he's gone, but it's like such a tiny car park. And I'm driving this massive Escalade, like SUV. And I'm like the small, like little blonde chick, like driving around. And we've spotted Justin Bieber with like his massive bodyguards and whatnot. And they were all standing in the in the car park, like, I think they were like smoking a joint or something. I don't know, but they were all out there like smoking and chilling. And I was like, I'm driving up to him. And my boss's assistant was like, do not. I'm so embarrassed. Do not. And he was like hiding in the seat. And I was like, yes, I am. When do you ever get this chance? And I literally drove up to him, put the window down. And I was like, Justin, what's up? <laughs> and he was just like, gave me the peace sign. And was like, yo. <laughs> 
And the bodyguards are like, just keep moving. I think so. I think they were just like, get out of here, girl. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, if you're ever going to do it, that's the place. It's like not that busy. And yeah, that's, that's a good one to meet. Do you, is it because like, do you meet a lot of like famous people on your charters, like in the real world? Like, have you had like. I've met like quite a few famous people. I had like, um, we had Adrian Brody on our boat at one point and he like walked into my office to ask to put his bag down. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I ended up chatting to him for a while and I was like, wait, he looks famous. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Adrian Brody. That was so cool. But he was like on a random charter. Um, and then I've met like quite a few other really, really cool people. I met Bono from YouTube. Um, that was cool. <laughs> What's he like? That's he was pretty. So- he was so amazing and just so lovely. I was like a junior, junior student was like so many years ago. And I remember I was like carrying this massive pile of laundry back to one of the cabins. And he like stopped me like in the corridor and like, I'm a junior student. So I'm like the lowest of the low, right? Like the, the charter guests just do not talk to you. And he stopped me in the corridor and was like, thank you so much for having us like on the boat. Like, I think he was just a guest of a guest. And he'd just come on for a lunch or something. Um, but he was just so kind and so sweet. And it was it was really cool. I don't even think half the deck crew got to meet him. And they were all so jealous. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a good one to meet. Right. What about someone famous who just wasn't so nice, like Bono? I don't think I've actually experienced any of those just yet. Like, I've heard some horror stories about a few celebrities. I can't really think who off the top of my head. But I've heard horror stories. Um, but yeah, everyone I've met has just been really, really nice. And you just don't get starstruck, but housewives, you would. I think so. I don't know. I think, um, I think it's just because they're quite intimidating women, uh, just like the way that I see them on TV. And yeah, I think they so like, I always say they're so extra and bougie and that's kind of like a little bit like how I am in a way. Um, so I would love to meet them. I would say, like, if you're going to be intimidated by any of them, Beverly Hills is probably the most intimidating in certain ways. They certainly have the most money. Who Who's, like, your favorite from Beverly Hills, like, out of the current crop? Okay, so I, I love Garcelle. I think she's just so, like, chill, and she's, like, she doesn't, like, get involved in the drama, but she's still, like, confrontational, and she speaks her mind. So, like, I love her, and I think she'd be someone, like, really fun to hang out with. Um, I always joke that Dorit's my spirit animal just because of the hair clips and the bling. And like, I just think she's, I don't know. I just love her. I think she's super cool. Um, But a breakout star for me is definitely Sutton. I think she's uh, really coming into her own. And I'm like really, really excited that she's like a permanent fixture on the show now. So I'm excited to see kind of what she has in store for this upcoming season. Sutton either went home and said, how dare you not give me a diamond? So now I know what to do to get my diamond. Or she just is being natural. But it's one or the other. She might have just gone home and said, how dare you? Like, I'm coming back and now I know what to do. But it's working. I think Sutton, she's going to be the one that goes up against Erica all season. So that's what the rumor is. Sutton's a good one. Yeah. Let's talk about your book. How did this come about? So, um, yeah, it's kind of a funny one because when I, when I say to people who have no idea what tablescaping is, they're like, what on earth is your book about? Like, I'm like tablescaping. They're like, oh, well, I thought it was going to be about yachting or something like that. But I'm like, no, it's like 
events, everything, you know, to do with like setting a table, making it really over the top and fun. And it kind of came about, I've had this passion since I started on the yachts and since I got to set my first table um, and just like having really fun charter guests on board who request all these like fun and outrageous themes. And yeah, and then obviously Below Deck Med season five just focused so much on the table setups. Like they didn't, I kind of feel like they did when I did season two because it kind of, I know they did touch on like my tables in season two because I love doing it. But season five, I think was really like where it kind of, you know, they went all out and showing all the tables and people, I think during, you know, the, the pandemic and whatnot started to get into it more because it's something fun you can do at home. And so a lot of people were kind of reaching out about tips and tricks and requests to put it into a book or to do tutorials. And I was like, you know what? I've never written a book. Why not? It's like the pandemic. I was working on a yacht, but I took some holiday time and I was like, it's something I want to achieve. And I'm usually one of these people when I set my mind to something, I get it done. What about like the process of writing? Like, did you like that? I mean, it's not so easy. So the most hilarious thing about this was like, I spoke to like my like brand manager who kind of has been with me the whole way of doing this book. And I was so clueless in the beginning. I kind of was like, I'm going to self-publish obviously because you know, you're, you, I hadn't kind of been approached by any big um, how, like uh, book house, houses or anything like that. And I was like, so I'm going to self-publish this book. And I thought it was going to be super simple. So I found a photographer like on Instagram that I really liked her work. I found a makeup artist like to kind of be with me as I was doing it all um, because they are like photos of me setting the table and whatnot in the book. And I kind of met this brand manager with my idea and I was like, this is what I'm doing. And she was like, well, where are you going to do this? And I said, I don't know, like in the street, like in like restaurants. And she was like, do you know how much goes into writing a book? And I had no idea. I was just kind of like, imagine it was just going to be as easy as one, two, three. Um, but the publishing house that I worked with were like so fantastic. They helped me like write the book. So basically, you know, I, I wrote some things and then they helped me like reword it. So it was very like authentically me, but also could um, the audience could kind of understand it. Um, and yeah, it was just a fantastic process. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And like, if you thought of self-publishing to this, like that's got to be a huge accomplishment. Oh my gosh, massive. Like I did not expect that I would be sitting with a book in my hand today. What about the foreword is written by Captain Sandy? How did that come about? Well, I first thought about asking Hannah to write my foreword. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. Yeah. How would that go down? Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I reached out to Sandy just because she's like been a big inspiration in, in my tables. Like I'm sure everyone saw in season five, if they watched the show, she was like, we need the table set, you know, we need this high end uh, table uh, sort of experience from a stewardess. So she was very um, inspirational in the whole sort of thing. And um, yeah, she kind of was a big inspiration. And I reached out to her and said, hey, would you mind writing the forward for my book? And she, you know, jumped at, at the opportunity to do so. And she was so gracious and kind to, to do that. Well, she is all about the table looking a certain way. <laughs> In a way, maybe Sandy helped like put this book into, you know, because she made it a thing. Oh, 100%. Have you always just been good at like tablescapes? I mean, that's just something like I would never think about, but I probably do. I just probably take it for granted a lot of times when I go to places, but I would never think about that. 
Right. I know it's such, it's such a weird thing. Like I can't even explain it, but I, I, I even mentioned in my book, it's one of the few things in my like entire life that I can actually like be so passionate about and like have so much focus um, when doing. It's just one of the, I just love creating tables and it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I love, I love doing it. And one of my biggest shopping, um, you know, I have a shopping addiction, that's for sure. Like I love to buy clothes. And ever since I started yachting, like I even had captains saying like, you need to stop your um stop shopping like we're putting a ban on you because you know I started making my own money and we'd be in all these gorgeous ports and I'd see all these people on the yachts dressing up and like wearing all these accessories and I'd be like I have to look like them so I had this massive shopping addiction that like I had to have an intervention a couple of times with not only my parents but my captains on the yachts they're Um, just like you're gonna have to ship this all home like what are you doing Oh yeah, I promise you, like I would get home because I'd have like these massive seasons where I wouldn't even be able to go ashore. We'd be so busy. And I'd get home with like 20 dresses that still had the labels on. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Like I need to stop. (laughs) I get it. Well, like if you're there and you see it and you're like, I may never be back right here at this thing. I better just buy this. I, 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 I get it. And then yes, I have closets full of things with tags on them. Sure. But I mean, you'll eventually get to it all. That that's all that counts. But that's the funniest thing. I think it's like, it's like with my, my older age now, like coming into my thirties <laughs> and I joke about that. It's like, I've now like moved over from like clothes to table decor. <laughs> and I took my sister to my storage unit the other day in Florida. Cause that's where I keep all my decor. And I opened it and she was like, oh my gosh, you need to be on that reality show hoarders. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming one of these people. <laughs> you have, but it's like high-end hoarding. It's all like, right? Because I have all my stuff in like, or it's organized in a storage, but it's just, it's nice. That's high-end hoarding. I love that. <laughs> That's a great way to put That it. needs to be a whole other show. <laughs> what like, do you have like certain table themes you like? Like, how do you decide? Like if, you know, it's just a regular dinner, like how do you decide like what way to go? I kind of like, I'm... Again, like I go into this complete focus zone and I'll kind of open the, the cupboards on the yacht and I'll look at all the table placemats. I usually look at like either the placemats or I go into my decor cupboard and I just like pick out a color scheme, like in my mind. It's so weird. And I think this was the hardest thing about writing this book was it was so hard to put my thoughts and ideas and how I do things into a book to teach people how to do it. That was the hardest thing for me because I just do it and I don't even think how I do it. So it was like kind of having to go back and be like, okay, it's like step one. This is, you know, where I start. And so unless it's a requested theme, I'll usually kind of go with a color scheme or something that's like inspired me in terms of a piece of decor. And I'll just like build around that. And usually what I kind of imagine in the beginning, my table's going to look like, it ends up looking completely different by the end. Really? Yeah. Do you have a favorite color just either for tablescapes or in life? I love blue, but I also love gold. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Well, those go together well. Right. Blue and gold. No, for sure. Right. Are you gonna, I mean, cause this could, you know, transpire to weddings, party planning. Like, do you have any aspirations of doing all of that? Oh my gosh, completely. Like I really, I would love to have my own show one day on like doing like events around the world 
and kind of like doing, you know, just like stepping into people's homes and like, instead of like that show, how do I look and doing makeovers on people, I'd love to like make over someone's table or like their decor or something like that. That would be so much fun. What do you do for like beginners? Like, let's just say someone's just, you know, not really into it or like, you know, just they're like, they're not, you know, they don't have a big table. Like, what do you say to them? So like, again, like I always like joke, cause I think for me, it's like, there are no rules. Like I put so many weird things on the table, but um, you know, I think I always use like my formula of like high color and texture. And I think if you've got a little bit of an element of each, so like, you know, a bit of height, different heights, a bit of color, whatever color scheme you want to go and some texture that I think you get in palm fronds or anything you can just pick out your garden. I think you're winning. Do you do these tables for yourself and or you and your new person that you're seeing at night? I mean, look at look at what I've got on my table right now. It's like a, a vase with like a flower floating in water, which is something I would do with my guests. But- that's way ahead of where I would be just sitting around talking to you. So that's pretty fancy. Right. I mean, it's not often, but I, I, I appreciate pretty looking tables, I have to say. <laughs> Wouldn't you miss yachting or are you just like, you know, like, you know, like Kate made a change. Like, are you, is it really, does yachting really have like an expiration date of far, as far as like, you know, it's not an easy life always being on the road. And in my parents' opinion, it's definitely got an expiration date and I'm probably nearing that expiration date. They're like, you need to stop because I keep getting sucked back in. Um, and they like, you know, I, I always joke, I had like a laugh with my sister the other day saying like, I think I'm Peter Pan. Like I have this like Peter Pan syndrome. Cause I like never want to grow up and join I the like- club, honey, join <laughs> the club. I act like I am 19 most days and live like I'm 19. And I'm like, I mean, other than the fact that I'm tired more, I feel like I live like a 19 year old. I'm like, this is not how an adult should be living period. Yeah. But like, I, I never see anything wrong with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to be young forever. And I think yachting like really um, kind of provides that lifestyle because like no one on the boat has an age. You'll be dating, like, look at me hooking up with Alex, who's like, I think seven years younger than me or whatever. And it's like, there's no age in yachting. It's just like, everybody is somebody and it's like, everyone's young. Kind of. Yeah. Is the new person you're seeing closer to your age than Alex? Yeah, he's closer. He's only a couple of years younger still. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I love the young guys. I said, first of all, there's nothing wrong with the young guys. And second of all, just embrace your cougarness. It's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm over here Googling over Justin Bieber's mention. So like, I, I'm no better than you are. Yeah. What about, you know, because like there are there is so much hooking up like on these boats, like on the show and not. What about like charter guests? Like, how is that? Because I would imagine the staff, you know, I mean, I've heard stories, the staff gets hit on by charter guests often. Right. I mean, you, you saw it in season two with Hannah and that guy, Jason. Um, like, I mean, at that point in time, I was like, so against it. And I, I still am because it's kind of like protocol of yachting. It's just pr- being professional. Um, but yeah, I've definitely, I've had, I've had someone ask me to sit on their lap in their room. Like, I've had another charter guest lock me in their room and I was just like, let me out. Like I'm speaking to the captain directly, like whatever, but it's definitely happens. And it, and it can actually be quite scary at times because a lot of, like sometimes guests that come on, they just kind of feel that like they're paying for this yard and they're paying for this and you work for them. Well, you do. And they kind of just, a lot of people just think they can just get away with whatever. Um, so I've definitely had my fair share of like, kind of intimidating and scary stories but it's just you know you have to be 
professional about it and you know I haven't met a cute guy yet that's kind of asked me out <laughs> I was gonna say if someone's like the primary charter guest that's not a bad way to go you know right. just I imagine that happens at times. Charter guests are gorgeous, though. That's the thing. <laughs> I've that's true. Have you ever had to like go to a captain like that and just be like this? And then like, does the person walk get kicked off the boat? Or I mean, like that that one time, I had somebody like close me in the room and ask me to sit on his lap. I was like, went straight to the captain. I said, like, I feel very uncomfortable. Like I was the chief stew, and he kind of like got me into the bedroom and asked me to help him close the blinds but closed the door behind me and then said like, come sit on my lap. And I was like, no, I'm not sitting on your lap. And he's like, why do you think I'm too old for you? And I was like, no, I just am not sitting on your lap. Like, are you insane? And I walked out and I went straight to the captain. I said, look, I can handle it. Like, you know, but this is what's happened. If it happens again, you know, there's going to be a problem, but I kind of put the guy in his place a bit. And I think he's a bit wary after me, of me after that. Um, and it's yeah, just- that's scary like being the chief stew, you're always with them. So it's kind of embarrassing, you know? Do you think like that's changing now because like the world is changing or not really? Like the yachting industry is just so far behind in so many ways. I mean, you would like to think it's changing just with like everything, like this hashtag me too movement and all of that. But I still think a lot of people out there are super like oblivious to the repercussions of things, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who just kind of think they can get away with it because they've got this yacht and like, you know, they're having fun and there's a lot of alcohol involved and, you know, people, they, yeah, they don't really think half the time. That's scary. Well, recently on Watch What Happens, they asked Hannah if she would be buying a copy of The Art of Tablescaping, and she said no. So I take it you and Hannah are not, I mean, it's over and you've moved on and there's no, you guys are never going to really be on the same page. So funny enough, we actually, I thought we ended on a good note. So I I didn't watch that that episode, but I'd heard about it and I thought, well, shame, you know, I'm always like happy to send her a free copy. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it will kick things back off on a good note with us or like maybe inspire her. Cause I know she said, um, she gets people to set her own tables now, but, um, you know, maybe it will inspire her to set one of her own and yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you should send her a signed copy and write like a whole thing. Right. I would just say, Hannah, I hope this inspires you. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you knew someone that wanted to take a course on Below Deck and had to go on yachting, maybe you'd refer someone to her course. So it's kind of pretty quid pro quo, right? I don't think I will be referring people to her course just because of the fact, and it's not like a hating thing, but I've got like, you know, I've gone through other schools that I, I've had firsthand experience with. And, you know, a lot, every time I kind of promote these schools that I've actually gone through myself, people like jump at me, like, why are you not promoting Hannah's school? And I'm like, well, I've, I've never had my own personal experience and I'm not going to promote something I've never had like firsthand experience with. So um, yeah, that's also another reason why maybe she should get a copy of my book and experience it for herself. <laughs> Listen, tables are, if I was on a yacht as the primary guest, I mean, I wouldn't argue with a table that was properly scaped. Right. <laughs> as we wrap up, what do you think is like the biggest like misconception of you? Like people watched you on the show, two seasons, you were back for season five. We saw you kissing Alex. We saw you hanging out with everyone. You're right. fun. Like, do you think like your people have the wrong idea about you from what they see on Below Deck or no, you're pretty accurately 
portrayed. I mean, definitely season two, I think people didn't have as clear of an idea of who I was just because I was, um, you know, I was in this thing with Hannah and she already had like a loyal fan base. So like for off the bat, like people were, you know, very skeptical of me coming in and calling her out for being lazy. Um, and, you know, I think people uh, think that because it's a reality show, you have to be like falling down drunk all the time and smoking on the bow and all of that. But, you know, I think you can also still have fun, you know, and get drunk and still do your job and still be nice to people and still like have a good time. So I think like season five was a lot more me. Um, you know, I let loose. I kind of my wild side came out a little bit where I, I blacked out in the hot tub. Um, you know, I had a lot more fun and yeah, I think if anything, I'm a lot more laid back than maybe some people think I am in terms of this professionalism. I just like to get the job done and have fun and work hard, play hard. Those are good qualities. I think so. <laughs> Listen, you're a great addition to the show. It's been great watching you. I'm excited for this book, the art of tablescaping. Everyone needs to buy this. I mean, I I wouldn't know anything about tablescaping if it wasn't for this book or really for you. I never really thought of it before. I mean, as obvious as that sounds. I can imagine you'd be a good tablescaper though. I just have to say. I have a thing like, you know, it is when I focus, I like, if I put my mind to it, I'd be great at it. I'm just one of those people who's like, cause I live in New York city. So I'm just like, well, why are we inside? Like, let's go out and have a drink and like eat out on the run. Hence my living like I'm 19 years old. But when I do try and I do entertain, I am into the tablescaping and the colors and pink, as you can see behind me. I was going to say, that's why I think you'd be so good because I see that whole color scheme going on in the background there. I mean, I love a blue, but like a pink, like a opalescence, like that purple lavender, That's those are my colors. Like a gray and like a pink or a gray and like a lavender. I love it. I love it. That's where my table is going. (laughs) Anything else you want to discuss with us that I didn't bring up? I always like to give people a chance at the end to discuss whatever they would like. I mean, no, I think we've covered like a lot in this whole thing. So it's been amazing being here and chatting with you. Thank you for answering all of my questions. Everyone needs to buy The Art of Tablescaping. It is out. Bugsy. It's out today. Yes. It's out today. (laughs) Everyone needs to buy it. And... Where can everyone find you online? So, well, you can find me online on my, I, I live on my Instagram. So like I'm Same here. Bugsy Drake, which is so simple. Um, and then online, like you can also get my book. I have like a website. It's very basic, but you also can get it in all bookshops that sell online. Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, the works. That's actually a funny thing because I believe uh, Lala Kent's book comes out today as well. So there's two Bravo books out on the same day. And I think she's uh, super cool too. So um, yeah, it's exciting. You guys are head to head. You need to, you should put Lala on your, I want to meet list. She's right. a good one. She is a good one. And like, she's definitely been, so, you know, I've bought like a lot of her makeup from her Lala brand. And I, you know, also I think she's, she's a badass as well. So she's definitely someone. You just need to go out to LA for like a month and just put yourself into the Beverly Hills Vanderpump Rules world and you will run into everybody. 100%. And I'd love, like, I could just show up and scape all their tables. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a job on the side for you with Lisa Vanderpump. Right, exactly. <laughs> Before we go, because now that brings up another question. Have you ever, like, I know like a lot of the chefs are like often like proposition for like, 
you know, come and work with me? And like, have you ever been like propositioned in the sense of like, I mean, it's different as a stew, but like we have an idea of what we'd like you move to our castle in the middle of, because a lot of the chefs I've talked to like are propositioned of like, no, we want to hire you full time to come live in Florida with us and work at our house. And like anything like that ever happened to you? So I worked on a private island for over a year. Um, and then I just decided like, I wanted to be back in yachting, but I'm still like really, really close with my boss's family and all of that. Um, but I was like taken off his yacht and like moved onto the island to like run the whole hospitality side and do all the events and parties of that. So that was phenomenal. Like I absolutely loved that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Well, everyone needs to follow you. Keep in touch. I live on my Instagram. This book is so pretty. It's amazing. Everyone needs to buy it. And this was such a fun chat and I will keep you posted. I'll DM you when it's coming out and send it to your people. Fantastic. To my people. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been so great chatting with you, David. Keep in touch. Thank you. You're awesome. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.